0: Welcome to the core here on American Family Radio. Good to be with you today on the program. It's our Monday edition of the core. We got some special guests lined up later in the show, so you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, we'll have on with us uh, Katie Talento. She's the executive director of the Alliance of Health Sharing Ministries, or the Alliance of Healthcare Sharing Ministries. We've had Katie on before. Uh, we'll have her to talk on uh, in the second segment to we'll talk about baby foods and some of the um, some of the uh, materials or um, uh, ingredients that are in these uh, various baby foods and uh, whether the FDA is on top of that or not. And then we'll uh, in the last segment we'll talk to uh, Dr. Christina Parks about the uh, COVID nineteen shots. And uh, some of the cardiac reports um, around the country from various doctors. We'll talk uh, with uh, Dr. Christina Parks in the third segment about that topic. Uh, I do want to open us up in scripture. We're in Psalm chapter 60 for the week. Psalm 60. David says, first few verses here Oh God, have you rejected us, broken our defenses? You have been angry, oh, restore us. You have made the land to quake. You have torn it open. You have made your people see hard things. You have given us wine to drink that made us stagger. You have set up a banner for those who fear you, that they may flee to it from the bow, that your beloved ones may be delivered. Give salvation by your right hand and answer us uh, so two truths amongst many that that I gleaned from this passage, Psalm chapter sixty, verses one through five, is that the Lord uh, can surely bring about judgment. David says in verse one, "You have rejected us; God has rejected us." David says, "He's broken our defenses, and He's angry." That's what David says um, in verse one. Uh, he also says. Um, Uh, You have uh, made your people see hard things. You have given us wine to drink that made us stagger. He says in verse 4, you have set up a banner for those who fear you that they may flee to it from the bow. And so the second truth here, the first one is, of course, that the Lord can and will bring about judgment uh, to those who reject him. The second thing is, is that fearing the Lord is a good thing. Fearing the Lord is a good thing. Many people try to dance around the, the question, are we supposed to fear God? And, and, and they view fear as this negative thing, as this bad thing that Christians shouldn't experience, but that's not true. It's all about what do we fear. God's word gives us clear outlines as to what we should fear and what we shouldn't fear. And here David says that the Lord set up a banner a way of of, of of exile a way of a um, rather a way of refuge a way of safe passage for those who fear him that they may flee to it he says and so fearing the lord is a good thing it genuinely is a good thing why do we fear god why should we fear god well because he's the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end he's the creator of the universe and he's the judge of all. That's why we should fear uh, God. So next time someone asks you, should I fear God? Don't try to bounce around it. Don't try to dance around it, rather. Don't try to, you know, wiffle waffle, and ands, and butts and ahs, and oohs. Just say, yes, we should fear God. Um, God's people, all people, should fear him. That is a good thing, and it helps keep our flesh in check. That's Psalm chapter 60 for the week. Well, I want to talk about two um uh well, a couple a couple topics this segment and then we'll jump to our guest in the next few segments, but um for those who who are keeping up with this and maybe who aren't this will be news to you. Um but but there's a major revival underway at uh, Asbury University in Kentucky. And so uh, we're following that and uh it's amazing just reading the reports from different believers in uh, in Asbury University. And so we're working on, on on getting a guest on to talk about that. We're working on actually getting a student of Asbury on uh, to tell us what what God is doing uh, in Asbury uh, at Asbury University in Kentucky. So uh, we'll try to get that for you uh, this week sometime. Um, and this is one you know one thing that that believers for decades have been praying for in America, and that is spiritual awakening, biblical, spiritual, awakening because we look around and we see you don't have to look far to see the moral decline the moral decay the depravity of american culture we've turned our back on god speaking speaking firsthand we as a nation as a people have turned our back on god and uh and and believers have been petitioning the lord for some type of move of his spirit uh across our land and so uh, we'll cover that story more in depth uh whenever we can get a guest on to talk about what's going on at asbury university uh, a couple of the topics i want to uh, get to this this segment the um uh, these these balloon stories are just kind of fascinating um to to read about um and just just to bring you up to speed so we uh early last week we had the uh we had the balloon um, the surveillance balloon, the Chinese balloon over um, the north, over uh, Alaska, Canada, and then Montana and various other states. And the, the Biden administration, it's unclear when they spotted this thing. Uh, some reports say that the Pentagon you know, spotted the Chinese surveillance balloon um, over Alaska, even over the Pacific, um, over Canada. Other reports say that they didn't spot it until it was over the U.S., uh, so there's conflicting reports there, but nonetheless, we didn't shoot it down till it got over South Carolina. So we let it fly over uh, half of the U.S., uh, right down the middle of the U.S., until we shot it down some three or four days later over uh, South Carolina. So that's what we do know. Um, we also know uh, the path it took was over various um, military installations in the U.S., um, specifically in Montana and a few other states but then the past, I don't know, three or four days, um, we've seen other objects shot down. We saw one shot down over Alaska. We saw another one shot down over Canada. And we saw another one just yesterday shot down over Michigan, over the uh, Michigan and Canadian border right over uh, by the various lakes. Um, but what's what's beginning to come out is, and, and I, I think talking about, Number one, the whole alien talk is a bunch of nonsense. All the alien talk is a bunch of nonsense. And finally, the White House said such today, but it took them about three or four days. Um, that's, that's a bunch of nonsense. Um, what we've got here, folks, is we've got a foreign nation that is is flying spy uh, surveillance drones or surveillance objects over our country. That's what we've got going on. And we just we just don't want to hit it front head on like that. And I think one of the reasons that we don't want to hit this head on as as a as a government, as a Department of Defense, as a White House, is because if we tackle this head on and we talk about it publicly um, about what's really going on, because these folks know. I mean, this whole talk about we're not sure what these are. We really we're still investigating. We don't know who sent them. I mean, come on, folks. Either they're not telling us the truth or our government is that bad off. One of the two. But we've we got the largest military, the largest intelligence apparatus, some of the fanciest technology in the military world. And we've got objects flying over the continental United States and we don't even know what they are. And better yet, not only do we not know what they are, but we're shooting them down. We're shooting them down with missiles that cost a couple hundred thousand bucks a pop. Pun intended. And so you can't say we're still investigating. We don't know what they are and we don't know who sent them. I'm just not buying that at all. Now, they're probably it'll probably come out. You know, it's probably a lot of it's probably classified, but. Um, to tell us you don't know, just tell us we, we're we'll we'll find out later. We can't tell you right now, but don't say we don't know. Um, but what I believe is going to come out, and some reporting, including an NBC report, is going to going to probably help bolster this discussion. But what it appears is happening is that China and our other state actors—we know for sure China because they they said, "Yeah, that's our spy bloom bla Basically, um. China and other, possibly other nations, have figured out how to skirt our radar systems. That's what this NBC report over the weekend confirmed or alluded to, is that China and other nations have figured out how to fly different surveillance balloons and our other type of objects over the U.S. and completely evade our radar systems. And the reason they've they found these three uh, or four objects over the past few days is because they've be, they've begun the the Pentagon has begun to change how they're doing their radar, and this is all confirmed. This is confirmed by spokespersons for the Pentagon through an NBC report. And so it's 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 the 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 the, the true discussion should be have uh, have nations including China have foreign adversaries including China have they been bypassing our our uh, flight detection systems our radar systems for years and we didn't even know it we didn't even know it and the reason that's important is because that is that is an indictment on our military that is an indictment on our executive branch that is an indictment on the administration if China has been able to fly surveillance flights over the U.S. without being detected, I mean this is fascinating. And and meanwhile, meanwhile the military's gone woke. Meanwhile, we've spent uh, the report over the weekend was we've spent over a hundred billion bucks in Ukraine. Meanwhile. Uh, we spent 20 years in Afghanistan and a couple trillion bucks. Meanwhile, we're trying to figure out how, uh, uh, how transgenders can be in the military. We're lowering our standards. We're, we're, we're allowing billions of dollars to go completely missing in the Pentagon budget. Meanwhile, we're, we're concerned about exporting our moral, reprehensible behavior overseas, forcing other nations to accept the LGBTQ garbage. Meanwhile, we're going after pro-lifers, arresting dads that dare to speak out against Planned Parenthood. I mean, this is, meanwhile, we're funding other people's borders. And and for the past few decades, we've known that the military was being used as this massive experiment, this massive social experiment of left-wing propaganda. We've known that, but we just haven't been able to connect America's decline with the Marxist agenda in the military. But this story about the the Chinese surveillance flights over the US might be one of the first big stories that we can connect the dots and say we've been so focused on promoting moral depravity on fighting endless wars thousands of miles away on funneling billions of dollars in weapons to ukraine to defend their borders and their airspace meanwhile we've got china and other foreign adversaries flying surveillance flights over the homeland and we don't even know it that could be the headline of this story when it's all said and done we'll be back in a few
2: The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. At 4.11 p.m. February 5th, prior to its live airing of the 65th Grammy Awards, CBS tweeted, We are ready to worship. This was in response to a tweet from self-described non-binary singer Sam Smith, who later rendered a perverted performance of a song titled Unholy, in which he depicted himself as the devil. Literally. No one should be surprised that CBS and the Grammys celebrate perversion and Satan worship. The scriptures told us this was coming. It should spur Christ followers to again recognize the Bible is true and that the harvest is plentiful. Let's work. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m.
3: Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American
1: Family Association.
3: This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of
4: American Heritage Girls.
1: In today's age of smartphone technology, even toddlers know how to swipe a screen to make something disappear. Archiving text messages, closing out active apps, or even young adults eliminating certain people on dating apps, to swipe left equates to rejection in our modern world. If your girl is accustomed to swiping left and clearing a smartphone screen, is she also prone to do the same with relationships that she is no longer interested in? How quickly the young mind connects the small technology action to real-life canceling people. Ephesians says to bear with one another in love, not to throw away people we don't like. Proverbs seventeen seventeen says a friend loves at all times. Guide your girl in wisdom to stay connected with difficult friends, even when the relationship loses its fun.
3: Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com.
1: Did you know the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of all abortions? Preborn ministry continues to stand with women in crisis in their darkest hour and bring hope and life. After Marissa took the abortion pill, she immediately regretted it, but preborn was there for her. Look at that baby. Look how beautiful he is. Look at that. Abortion pill reversal actually works. Let's hear his heartbeat. Oh, look how strong it is! Oh, praise God. By God's amazing grace, this baby was saved, but many more need our help. To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives and sharing the heart of Jesus, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com, or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. At The Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Now, back to At The Core on American Family Radio.
0: Welcome back to The Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you back with us. Hey, if you want to watch the show, you can. Streaming.afa.net. Streaming.afa.net is where you can watch The Core. You can also subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can uh, subscribe to to the podcast, I do want to introduce our next guest, a uh, a guest previously of the core, Katie Talento. She's executive director over at the Alliance of Healthcare Sharing Ministries. Uh, Katie, welcome back to the core.
4: Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Well, Katie, uh, you're uh, uh, amongst many things uh, that you do there. Before we jump into this topic of uh, of the FDA. And, and baby foods and the different types of, uh, uh, of ingredients that are in those, those products. Tell our audience a little bit about uh, the work of your group and what your focus is.
4: Yeah, so we work with the large nationwide healthcare sharing ministries, which are communities of religious believers, mostly Christians, coming together to share one another's burdens when it comes to healthcare. So they share each other's medical bills and it, it can be a more affordable option than health insurance. It's not health insurance. It really works like a homeschool co-op for healthcare. It's just a, you know, an axe to community living together and bearing each other's burdens, sharing everything in common.
0: Excellent. Hey, uh, one, one thing, uh, Katie, you've, you've been keeping an eye on and studying and discussing is is the FDA and their role in, in vetting uh, not only all kinds of foods across the U.S., but specifically baby foods. Um, and, 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 and this story that you sent over from Bloomberg uh, talks about the various toxic metals that are in some of the baby foods. Uh, give us a little background here in the context, and then let's talk about the story.
4: Yeah, so the FDA is required to set, uh, limits for heavy metals and other toxins in the America's food supply or parts of it. The FDA has part of the food supply. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has another part of the food supply. But for the food supply that FDA oversees, they're supposed to set limits. You know, how much lead can be in your food? How much arsenic can be in your baby's food? And so it's, it's a little bit scary. To think about, but there, there are contaminants in food, but most of the time it's, it's not as harmful as we might fear. Um, but that's because there are legal limits set on those. But there's, there's been a scandal that's been growing for decades really about how the FDA is a little bit too slow to protect our food supply and seems to be more in the tank for the regulated entities, for the big food companies, kind of like we've seen with the big pharmaceutical companies when it comes to the drug side of the FDA house. And so there have been some studies over the years of, of different kinds of food and there have been even studies of baby foods, especially that transitional baby food when you're just starting to wean off of formula or breast milk and onto solid food. You use those rice cereals or little um, uh, sugary kinds of high-carb cereals for babies to kind of wean them off of, bre- off, of, off of milk and onto solid food. Well, those foods were recently tested by Bloomberg, and they found that all but one of those foods had unacceptably high levels of lead, cadmium, and arsenic. And they're not the first study to find this. And what we hear from the FDA in 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 their so-called defense is that, well, they're afraid that if they impose requirements that would keep babies safe, well, there might not be some of these foods available. In other words, well, the companies might not be able to make them safe, and so they would just stop making them. But I think we can all agree that that's preferable <laughs> then than rather we'd rather have no food available than poisonous food for our babies. Mm. And so I think the FDA is a little bit um, not on our side, on mom and dad and grandparents' side.
0: Katie, this is this is a this is a fascinating topic, but a very important one as well. Um, you wonder, Katie, like. Number one, the FDA has totally dropped the ball on these these COVID nineteen shots as far as as far as providing robust vetting um, of them and and making sure they're they're, they're majority not hundred percent but majority safe and effective. Um, they just rubber stamped all these COVID nineteen shots, and that's raised a lot of questions about the FDA and their overall process in food and drug supply. But on the food side here, I mean, it seems like something very similar, like. Like, are they actually? Is the FDA really doing a, a good job, or or not? I mean, can, can we not just have baby food that's healthy? Why do we have to have a bunch of metals? I know uh, a certain degree of metals is okay for our bodies and probably good, actually. But 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 this seems like a like an elementary problem that they could fix pretty quick.
4: Well, I mean, they would have to set the rules. And then they'd get all kinds of pushback from the big food companies. And then they'd finalize the rules. And then the big food companies would have to readjust their processes in manufacturing. And that would be hard and it would be expensive. But it's not as hard and expensive as permanently disabled or dead children. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we're seeing is the FDA has just declared a war on babies. I mean, you nailed it with the, with the COVID vaccines where they didn't have any data, no safety data before they approved these shots for children and before they approved them for, for, um, for five to 11 year olds, they had the data from eight mice, eight mice is how they decided that these were safe and effective for children five to 11. When they moved further down the age to, to babies, they didn't have any data at all. They just said, Oh, well, we think it's safe for five-year-olds. So I'm sure it's safe for babies too. Mm -hmm. And you know, this is really, um, you have to wonder where their priorities are because they're they're not too busy to push out new rules saying that you can get abortion pills at CVS and Walgreens and Rite Aid. So apparently they have time for that, but they don't have time to keep our children safe. Instead, they're just more interested in population control, I guess.
0: Yeah, you know, to your point, Katie, the, about their priorities, you know, the, 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 um, the incestuous relationship between the FDA and other agencies, by the way, and, and corporate America and Congress, I mean, this is very... This this to me is 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 like the issue of the day when it comes to government, and that is the incestuous relationship between big pharma, big pharmaceutical companies, corporate America, the 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 approval agencies in air quotes, meaning the FDA and others, and then and then Congress. I mean, they're all like they're all in the buddy system, and they're really not doing their job to hold each other accountable. I mean. For example, under the Trump administration, both of of Trump's FDA heads ended up landing big money gigs at uh, Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson. And so it's like if you're if you're wanting a a, a nice cushion job at a, a big pharma company and you're the head of the FDA, well, what do you do? You rubber stamp all their products and then you'll land a nice job when you leave the federal government.
4: Right you don't want to be a problem for these people who are going to give you cushy jobs after the fact you're only going to be in a political appointment for a few years right, right? i mean this happened i you you saw it i i I saw this happen with my um my former colleague, Scott Gottlieb, he went straight from being FDA commissioner to being on the board of Pfizer and defending Pfizer for against very bad behavior on their part. And, and in fact, working with Twitter, pressuring Twitter to censor critics of the vaccine. Mm. So I think, you know, people really lose their way. It's not just um, the heads of the agency, I think almost what's more insidious, actually, because those heads of the agencies are very high profile, we all see what they're doing. Yeah, but it's, all the managers, all the way down, you know, it's 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 the low-level people, they too are going to the pharmaceutical industry or to the food industry as well. And, you know, that's their next job. But it's not just later when I leave the agency that I'm going to go get a cushy job with one of these regulated corporations. It's also while I'm there, those regulated corporations pay what are called user fees to get their products reviewed quickly, they pay these user fees to the agency, so that the agency, actually at the FDA, is their half their budget is dependent on these pharmaceutical user fees, and also from food. So it's really scary as to the entanglement and the misaligned incentives. You know, moms and dads, grandparents, we all expect that the government you know, we don't want the government to do a whole lot for us. We, w- we would like them to fight wars and protect our borders and protect our sovereignty. But we definitely like them to protect us from greedy or corrupt corporations that have the, the ability to poison our families. Hmm. That is the most important thing in our lives is the health and safety of the ones we love. And that's all we're relying on the FDA to do. And it's just not at all their top priority.
0: Yeah, that's right. Hey, Katie, where, where can folks read more about your work and uh, and keep up with you?
4: Yeah, so they can reach us at ahcsm.org. That's the Alliance for Healthcare Sharing Ministries.org, ahcsm.org. Thank you.
0: All right, Katie. Hey, thanks for coming on and getting us up to speed on what's going on with the FDA and these baby foods, and we'll have you on again.
4: Thank you so much.
0: All right. That's uh, Katie Talento with the Alliance of care sharing ministries, and uh, we'll post a link to that story she cited from Bloomberg um, on the podcast page at afr uh, dot net. Um, let's see. Uh, along the the similar lines, you know, we're going to have on Dr. Christina Parks in the next segment to talk about um, her experience and what she's working through um, uh, and and looking into as it relates to. Uh, cardiac arrest and different cardiac events, um, um believed to be from these uh, COVID nineteen shots. Uh, but I do want to do want to uh, expound on that and go ahead and open that up, if you will. I came across this on uh, this uh, report on Twitter from uh, Fox reporter Chad Pergram. He's a reporter um, on Capitol Hill, very uh, reputable reporter. Been following Chad for years um, and his work there, especially during the Trump administration. Um. But, but, you know, in the past um, months and years, um, when, when, when vaccine injured or people that were believed to be injured by the, by the shot uh, talked or, or the stories were published, you know, it was discounted. Um, that's coincidental. You can't prove that. Um, and, and every other excuse under the sun to not listen to people and their stories. But I came across this about a lawmaker. This is about a congresswoman. From South Carolina, uh, Rep- Representative Mace um, from South Carolina. Listen to what Chad Pergram had to say about uh, a report from Representative Mace. Listen to this. This is a this is a, a statement that uh, Representative Mace from South Carolina put out. She's a congresswoman from South Carolina. She said this uh, to Fox News. I had my own vaccine injury. I've had tremors in my left hand and heart pain. I now have asthma. I take a steroid inhaler twice a day for the last year and a half. These issues I'm having health-wise are not going away. She continued, I will not be getting another COVID-19 vaccine shot, and I have real concerns about the information that's been shared with the American public. They should know the risk, and we ought to have more information about vaccines before we take them And certainly before we encourage people to take them. And I have regrets over getting the shot because I had COVID-19 twice. I thought I was doing the right thing. Comes to find out uh, I got injured because of it. So that's a quote to Fox News that Representative Mace put out from South Carolina. Um, And and, and we'll continue to, to collect more of these stories, but you know, this, this, this is what people warned about on the front end of this. This is what people warned about on the front end is that we didn't have enough research, enough time uh, to be able to say with confidence that these shots were safe and effective. And what's further um, um, frustrating and really egregious is that many of these people, if not all, don't have any legal recourse, don't have any legal recourse. And it's really, I would love to see this tested um, in court and maybe it will be pretty soon, but you had various employers, uh, that were there, that were heavily bullying and pressuring employees, uh, to get these shots. I mean, uh, threatening job loss, um, you know, there, there were people, um, saying that you don't love others if you don't do this, that actually some would say, some were saying that you're, you're, you're killing people if you don't take these shots. I mean, the rhetoric was really amped up. It was, it was a very, and still is a very divisive topic uh, amongst people. Um, but when you, when you take a shot that's experimental, when you take a product from a pharmaceutical company and you get injured by it and the, the company that made the product doesn't have to answer for it, doesn't have to uh, do anything about it, um, that's, that's a terrible place to be. It's a terrible place to be. And we don't, we, we don't do this with anything else. I mean, for example, you, you see uh, vehicle manufacturing recalls like every day, every week, every month, some, some vehicle manufacturer is doing some kind of recall. Why? Because it's a safety recall and the federal government and their various bureaucratic agencies are telling this car manufacturer, look, if you don't do this recall, you don't offer to fix these customers' cars, well, then we're going to hold you accountable. We're going to hold you liable if someone gets injured, if a airbag doesn't deploy, you know, if whatever fill in the blank, and these um, these recalls happen under, uh, all the time, and these car manufacturers pay millions and millions and millions to get these uh, customers' cars fixed. Why? Because they're being forced to. Because they have to be held account. Because it's their product, their names on it, and uh, and and they were supposed to do all the rigorous safety standards before they put it on the market. And you can take that example and you can apply it to all kinds of other products, whether it be car seats, um, whether it be medications, uh, over-the-counter medications, um, you can take that and apply it across the board. Um, But this one area of the pharmaceutical industry and these vaccines and the vaccine schedule, this is this one area that's been carved out um, where they can't be held to account. And and on on, on the other hand, or, or furthermore, on this topic, that at a minimum, at a minimum, um, the the possible side effects ought to be displayed, are are pronounced to people who are going to take these things. I mean, like you 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 watch uh, commercials today of various types of uh, breakthrough drugs that are really helping uh, sometimes save people's lives, make people's lives more enjoyable. Even these main drugs that have been out for, you know, years and been vetted by many agencies and by many scientists and medical experts, even those medications have a litany of potential side effects that they list in the commercials, including ending your life. Yes, that's one of them. And so if we've got long-term vetted drugs that are on the market that even those drugs are being disclaimed and and, 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 and disclaimed about in these... Um, Various uh, infomercials, then why don't we have the same thing with these shots? Why don't we have the same standard with these shots? We'll talk with Dr. Christina Parks after the break exactly about this topic. Be back in a few minutes.
1: The AFA Resource Center has all your favorite items everything from books, movies, shirts, and even hats. Introducing AFA's polyester and twill hats, starting at just $18. Whether you're into fashion, a collector, or you're just having a bad hair day, these hats are just what you need. You can buy one for yourself or a friend. Purchase your AFA hat today at resources.afa.net. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation,
3: No gimmicks. It's $99 a month and you can use any Medicare approved doctor or facility and you get 24 seven access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, Medishare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that'll pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about Metashare 65 Plus. Here's the number 833 45 Bible. That's 833 45 Bible. 833 45 Bible.
5: On American Family Radio, I am Barry McGuire. Remind you that how often you share your faith is the barometer for your faith. I was interviewing Nick Boyacek on my podcast, and we were both laughing when I turned to the camera and said, Okay, Nick has no arms and no legs, and he's full of joy. What's your excuse? What is it that's robbing you of your joy? There's a huge difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is circumstantial. You're often happy and unhappy at different times every day, depending on the latest thing that happened to you. It was a great meal. You lost the sale. Your team just won, or you just got a bad diagnosis. But joy, huh, <laughs> that's an entirely different animal because it's eternal and has nothing to do with your current situation. John 15-11 provides one of the greatest promises in the entire Bible. When you bear fruit, when you bear new Christians, His joy will remain with you and your joy will remain full. I mean, there's nothing that compares with living for God's purpose to seek and save the lost. (laughs) That's real joy. If you need help sharing your faith, go to
1: IgniteAmerica.com. This is At the Core on American Family Radio with your host, Walker Wildman.
0: Welcome. Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you back with us this last segment. Well, as I mentioned uh, previously, we do have on the line with us Dr. Christina Park. She has a Ph.D. in cellular and molecular biology and uh, has spoken out frequently on the COVID-19 illness along with these uh, COVID-19 uh, shots and uh, she's actually uh, launching along with AFLDS a project um, on 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 this topic of vaccine uh, injury. Dr. Parks welcome to At The Core.
6: Thanks for having me Walker.
0: Well uh, Dr. Parks uh, tell us a little bit about your background and I, then I do want to jump in uh, to this uh, uh, topic of cardiac arrest and what you're learning as you look into this topic more.
6: Um, so I have a PhD in cellular and molecular biology from the University of Michigan. Uh, I did my undergraduate at University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. I have a double major in uh, uh, biochemistry and molecular biology with honors in chemistry. So uh, I've spent about 12 years studying how to manipulate DNA, how your cells work, how to turn on and off genes and things like that. And uh, a lot of the work I did was in the Department of Immunology, so I'm very familiar, in fact, uh, the work that I did was really mapping out the signaling molecules that the immune system uses to signal. So when we talk about that cytokine storm that COVID causes, um, and inflammation is often generated by your immune system. So I really uh, have a lot of expertise in that area.
0: Dr. Parks, um, I, I do want to jump I do want to talk about the uh, cardiac events related to the shot and, and what what you're seeing there. Um, but but give, us, give our audience, just to kind of go back to the basics and the context and the setting here, uh, give our audience just kind of a brief summary of the, the original concern over the mRNA shots. What is the original concern about the technology, how it works in the body, and then we'll talk about some of the adverse reactions.
6: Right. I'm glad you asked. In fact, I was just writing an issue brief. And this is something that I'm very, very angry about because we've known for 30 years what the risks are. First of all, both the adenoviral vectors like the J&J shot and the Pfizer and Moderna, which are the nanolipid particles, can cause systemic inflammation. And they're absorbed by the fatty tissue. So Pfizer's own distribution data show that it went to the ovaries because they're fatty. It goes to the adrenal glands because they're fatty. It goes to the bone marrow because it's fatty. It goes to the heart because your heart is encased in fat, where it can be extremely aggravating. And so we know that this technology is associated with hyperinflammation and anaphylaxis at the outset. Now, they've done a lot of things like adding, you know, um, different chemicals to try to mitigate that, but it still is happening for many people. Secondarily, um, we know that this mRNA can be inserted, it can be reverse transcribed and inserted into your DNA. So they kept saying, no, 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 that's not happening. Yes, we knew it could happen. I originally thought it would happen at such a low level that it's not something I brought up a lot. But, uh, current studies are showing that the vaccines themselves actually turn on the system that, that actually does that, that actually reverse transcribes it and pops it into your DNA. Since we know that this is localizing to the ovaries, not only is there the chance that it's going to insert into one of your genes and cause cancer, like leukemia and lymphoma, but that it could actually insert into your sex cells, your ovaries for sure, Um, your egg cells, and possibly even your sperm. And so you could have DNA for the spike protein transmitted in the germline to your children and your children's children. They knew that this was a possibility. Um, Certainly, they didn't give informed consent. And secondarily, basically, where's the regulatory oversight? My biggest concern, however, actually does relate to the myocarditis, is that when you were doing gene therapy, it's supposed to have a therapeutic effect. You're supposed to be replacing the um, activity of a defective protein. But with this, you're not putting in a human protein that replaces a defective one. You're putting a toxic, viral, foreign protein. You're having the body make a foreign protein. What's going to happen when your cells see that the body's making a foreign protein? Your immune system is going to attack those cells. It's going to attack that foreign protein that is exactly what we're seeing in the myocarditis. Now, there are are two different kinds of the myocarditis. One, um, immediately after the vaccine, and that's probably from the absorption, that fat around the heart of the lipid nanoparticles. But then later on, the myocarditis is being generated by the Um, heart cells and the vasculature around the heart making the spike protein and then the immune system attacking it. What we're seeing is immune cell infiltration into the heart and then it's also turning on these inflammatory cytokines as the immune cells infiltrate the heart.
0: Dr. Parks, uh, you recently formed um, a, a group or a project, Vaccine Injury Treatment Alliance, and this is still developing Uh, But this is this is going to be very relevant in the months and years ahead as people uh, do want to know, hey, look, I got I did get the first round of shots. Um, I was really uh, convinced by the government's rhetoric and others that I needed to do it. uh, But now I kind of regret it. And what do I need to do? Tell us about this project and some of the practical steps that you're taking to help help people and, and who have been injured by the shots.
6: Right, so if we wait for our government to admit they did something wrong and try to fix it, um we're all going to be very old, and some of us are going to have on beyond our twenty fifth booster, right? Mm. Um, so what this seeks to do is really, in as much as I can in layman's terms, not only explain the science behind these gene therapy vaccines, but regular vaccines explain the pros and cons, basically give you the informed consent that you haven't been getting, and then explain mechanisms. So over the years, I've had many, many parents come to me and say, you know, what do you think is wrong with my child? What happened? What happened with this vaccine? What's the mechanism? And instead of gaslighting these parents and telling them they're insane, I actually use my scientific knowledge to say, what is a plausible mechanism of an injury? What does the scientific literature have to say? And in fact, there's a ton of scientific literature. So this is really going to go into um, what the possible different mechanisms of injury, because how you treat a vaccine injury is going to, de- is going to um, actually, it's, it's, it depends on what is the cause of that injury because there are different things that act in different ways. And so some you might need a detox, some you might need, you know, a lot more. And so it's going to provide that information. It's going to explain different treatment modalities. And um, it's going to have practitioners that give like um, biweekly, you know, I mean bi-monthly seminars to explain different things. And so and it's going to continue to grow so that it's basically an information hub. So because a lot of this information is very, very censored. So you can find what you need to move forward um, with healing and health and informed consent for your own family.
0: Dr. Parks, before before the pandemic uh, that came out of China, before before all the, the COVID hysteria, um, I wouldn't say I had confidence or a lot of confidence or much confidence in our federal agencies, including the CDC and the FDA. But I also wouldn't say that the reputation was in the tank, that the reputation was at the bottom of the bottom Um, but, but now it is, I mean, I mean, I don't even like before COVID, I might would have searched the CDC site for some basic tips on a, on a common illness, but now like, I don't even like going to their site on anything, even the most basic of medical advice. I don't go there because I don't trust them at all. Um, were there red flags and concerns about these federal agencies, you know, 10 and 20 years ago? Um, or is this, this, uh, Uh, shot reputation um, uh, more of a new phenomenon?
4: Well,
6: Walker, what you need to realize is the original Tuskegee experiment, that was done for the predecessor of the CDC, and they had to change their name to get out of, of that stigma. So, they've been corrupt from the very beginning. Now, I will not say there isn't good information on their site. I actually do go to their their site for particular information, um, but I'm able to vet that information. I know when they're lying to me, right? Mm-hmm. I can kind of tell by, you know, some of their information is good, and some of it is just outright lies. So as a common person, I would be very concerned that I'm unable to tell when they're lying to me because clearly they have been. And so also remember in 2002, um, the uh, Congress commissioned the study to see if the, the um, MMR vaccines were causing autism. And basically the senior scientists, the CDC found that it was causing um, increased rates of autism in black boys. And they literally shredded the data and published it without that data. And the senior scientist 10 years later came forward and said, we shredded the data. Here is the original data that I saved in my safe for the last 10 years. Mm. Bill Posey was the recipient of all that data. Um, Congressman Bill Posey, he called for congressional hearings. It is now 2023 and nothing has happened. So can we trust the CDC? Absolutely not. They are absolutely paralyzed when it comes to vaccine injury. If they admit that they've done something wrong, then they have liability to all these families. And if that was bad with the regular childhood vaccines, think about how it is with COVID, them admitting that they just gave, you know, Hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of of young men, myocarditis to some degree or another, right? We've just yeah. found out that the um, FDA changed their criteria for your heart workup if you can fly or not. They made it so that your heart parameters can um, not be as healthy. They you know include more risk because apparently they're seeing so many pilots with issues that they didn't have before that they want to keep them in the skies. Is that what you want? You want a pilot that has a higher risk of uh heart arrhythmia while they're flying.
0: Yeah. And, and, and Dr. Parks, this is, this is the, 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 what makes people not trust government and it's not stuff. It's not that that we have to make up, you know, these, these theories to not trust government. I mean, a lot of this stuff is right in our face and one of the other areas that is causing just just a, a lack of credibility uh, for these federal agencies is their their closeness to and their propagating of the whole depopulation agenda. I mean, this is all now in our face that's behind the whole Green New Deal and and the regulatory state behind energy and the fact that, that your Bill Gates and others um, that work very closely with the Biden and Obama and previous administrations, they talk about, hey, basically, we got too many humans on the earth. Um, that's their whole their whole push, um, and they blame humans for, for quote unquote climate change et cetera, even though there's little to no science uh, to connect the two. Um, but but when you're when you're when you're cozied up to and in bed with the likes of Bill Gates and others that talk about how we got too many humans uh, on the planet and that we need less a less populated planet, I mean this it's it's not it's not far fetched to be so cynical. Um, about these agencies and their overall objectives, Dr. Parks?
6: Well, I I think the problem is that um, this, whatever this kind of global state organization, you know, the CDC, the WHO, they're all sort of linked, is how much power they have. Now, remember, Obamacare is is what gave you a lot of the dysfunction in the pandemic because they linked whether um, basically hospitals to their Medicare and Medicaid payments. And and they put that under government control. So if you weren't vaccinating, if you weren't following their standard of care, Hmm. then you weren't receiving federal funds. And so when it's like everywhere you turn, they have this huge amount of control over the money, over the supply chain, over all of these different things. And so I don't care what their weird, freaky politics, depopulation agenda is if they don't have power over me. And so we really have our, what what we're scared about is that they've told you, you can't go to a restaurant unless you're vaccinated. You can't mm-hmm. go to college unless you're vaccinated. You can't, you know, and so whether it's vaccines or whether it's getting treatment in the hospital or whether it's even being able to go to the seed section of Walmart, <laughs> how in the world did they get this? That happened in Michigan, right? Yes, in 2020, right? We Absolutely. could Absolutely. I went in there one time and they had put big pallets in between and you couldn't go from this aisle to that aisle, like it's three feet away. And, and so it's like, how did they get this level of control and how do we wrestle it back from them? Because if they have this level of control, um, basically they can do anything they want and they are.
0: Yeah, that's right. States and local municipalities are going to have to wrestle that control back. Um, And it starts with the people, the voters, the citizens of each of those municipalities um, we've got to pull back uh, the 10th Amendment, pull it back uh, to the states, and um, and bring more local control. That's the way our country was set up. Hey, Dr. Parks, thanks so much for coming on the show and shedding some light on this issue.
6: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. Thank you. That's uh, Dr. Christina Parks, and she's launching um, the Vaccine Injury Treatment Alliance, VITA, and uh, she's building out a website on that topic where she's going to have a lot of these resources available. So we'll continue to follow this story and also bring you that uh, site as soon as it is published, um, hopefully in the next few weeks or months. Uh, one other th- uh, thing I did want to get to, um, I do want to play this clip real quick, real quick. This is a renowned MIT professor uh, coming out finally and letting us know that he does not recommend and he's speaking out against these shots. Uh, clip two, let's listen.
2: Hi. My name is Retzef Levy, and since 2006, I'm a faculty member at MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I have more than 30 years of experience as a practitioner and an academic in using data and analytics to assess and manage risk, particularly in the context of health systems, health policies, as well as the management of safety and quality of manufacturing of biologic drugs. I'm filming this video to share my strong conviction that at this point in time, all COVID mRNA vaccination program should stop immediately. They should stop because they completely failed to fulfill any of their advertised promise regarding efficacy. And more importantly, they should stop because of the mounting and indisputable evidence that they cause unprecedented level of harm, including the death of young people and children.
0: All right, there you have it. That's not me. That's Professor Retsev Livy, MIT expert in uh, risk management, health systems, food and agriculture systems from MIT. Thanks for joining the Corps. We'll see you next time.
3: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast